This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. Before we start this podcast, I wanted to take a moment and pay my respects to former Raiders linebacker Neron Ball. Neron passed away on Monday. He was just 27 years old, and I had the honor of telling his story when he was a rookie with the Raiders back in 2015, and for anyone who knows his story, this whole situation, it's really, really hard to wrap your mind around and wrap your mind around what eventually happened to him. Now, I'm not going to get into the details about what he went through growing up and everything leading up to his death, but just know this, it's a lesson for all of us. This is a guy who experienced so much tragedy in his life, so much tragedy, and he smiled through it all. If you knew him, you know he always had a smile on his face. He was so humble. He was so positive through everything that he was going through. So I feel like that's something he's going to leave behind. And he told me, you know, life is precious. You never know when you're going to go. So that's what I take with me, and I wanted to take this time uh, to recognize him. Uh, He was really good friends with Raiders offensive lineman Trent Brown. Uh, The news hit Trent really, really hard. So Raider Nation, if you follow him on any of the social media platforms, send him a message, lift him up. So my prayers are with the friends and family of Neron, but now he is with his parents and his grandmother, which does put a smile on my face. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What up, what up? This is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at MyBookie. I'm Fallon Smith with my guy, James Jones. What's good, JJ? Well, what's cracking like it, man? What's going down? <sighs> well, you know, this past week, it's kind of been indescribable. Yeah. If you will. Yes. Full of twists and turns and the drama with Antonio Brown. It's still ongoing. We'll I get know. to that in just a bit. But uh, the Raiders, obviously, they made a statement, big statement on Monday Night Football. We we're going to discuss their big win over the Broncos coming up. But the hits just keep on coming for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I always say this. I say, why can't the Raiders have nice things, James? Why can't the Raiders <laughs> have nice things? Um, we have bad news. According to multiple reports, rookie first-round draft pick, 
rookie safety, Jonathan Abram, is expected to be placed on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. He apparently tore his rotator cuff and his labrum. Uh, In the first quarter of last night's game, or excuse me, Monday's game, uh, he will have surgery on Friday, ending his season. Uh, The team has not put out a statement. They haven't confirmed yet, but uh, they probably will do so while we're doing this podcast because that's how it always works out. But it looks like it's all but certain that the Raiders will be without their talented rookie, who's, you know, a big part of that young defense who we saw shine, of course, on Monday Night Football. Uh, So I have a couple questions. So one, if this happened in the first quarter, how the heck did he play the rest of the game and keep blasting dudes? Oh man, it's it's called. You, did you hear the black hole? Yeah. Did you oh, did you hear? The, it's called adrenaline. <laughs> it's pumping, and I don't care what just happened. He probably felt it. And was like, shoot, whatever. I'd have felt plenty of little injuries like that. It ain't nothing. Here we go. Well, well you know what's crazy, Jay? Someone posted a video of him, right? His shoulder yeah. popping out of place when he when he hit some dude, and yeah. then he stood back up, took a breath, and popped it back into place. Like he's crazy, yeah. and I love his passion. Okay, I love his energy. I uh, he's a tone setter for sure. He has no fear. But this is exactly what I was talking about on Twitter on Monday night, and people came after me because I said he needs to know when to scale it back. Okay, there's this thing called controlled aggression. And even Gruden, even Gruden said he was playing a little too reckless out there. And back in the day, Jay, you know, he would be a beast, right? Yeah. But the league is soft now, so you have to adapt. Carl Joseph had to adapt. You know, when he came in as a rookie, I I feel like they are kind of similar in that way. But at the end of the day, James, huge blow uh, to this Raiders defense, who we saw shine against the Broncos. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I mean, what he had two penalties in the game. Right. He had the penalty where they called him holding, uh, which was BS because he ain't even touched a guy. You know what I mean? That was just good coverage. Then he had the penalty where he came down and smacked Buddy on the sideline. They called helmet to helmet. Mm -hmm. If you watch the penalty, he came in, he put his head to the side and he led with his shoulder. But since the and I've always been on record going to say that these referees throw penalties off of violence, off of just hits and smacks that they hear. Yeah, off of yes, off of the violence of the hit. Just because it sounds loud and he's flying around and it's it's not a penalty. If you look, he's dipping his head, he's putting his head to the side, and he's hitting with his shoulder, which was another BS penalty in my humble opinion. (laughs) Now. When you talk about, you know, scaling back on some of that stuff, what I think Gruden means is I don't want none of this stuff after the whistle. Now, I'm not changing the guy during the whistle. I want you sideline to sideline. I want you coming downhill. I want you hair on fire. Obviously, I want your head up hitting the right way. But no, we don't want to take – I watched this little kid on Monday night. We don't want to take nothing away from him. But Gruden actually was saying that he was a little too reckless because, I mean, you saw a little friendly fire. Conley gets injured when he's hitting this dude that was going out of bounds that Conley had wrapped up. And Gruden is Gruden is looking at it like the referees. Okay. It was a legal hit. It was, if you look at the replay, it was a legal hit. Yeah, he's not trying to hurt his guy. He yeah, went and smacked the guy and rolled off to the side and you know and, and hit Conley's neck. But it was a legal hit. But you want him playing fast like that because you want receivers and running backs to know when you come play the Raiders and you come across the middle, are you running with that ball? We gonna smack you. Okay. 
I, I get it, but I'm just saying you know the rules now and you know how the refs are going to call the game, so you have to kind of adapt to how the refs are going to call the game. It's unfortunate. It sucks for DBs. I know Charles Woodson hates it. He uh, expressed his displeasure on, on Twitter during the game. I totally get it. I'm just saying you have to adapt, unfortunately, because the league is soft. Yeah, but but what people don't understand is when you start changing the way a guy plays, that's when a guy starts either he becomes sorry or he be or he's gonna get hurt yeah, because sure. he's he's changing the way he plays. You know, now like I said, if they were clear outright penalties, yeah, hey, bro, when you get in the film room, look, I ain't trying to take away your aggression, your violence, but look, you got to understand, you know, you got to lead with your shoulder, you got your head got to be up. But it was well, Abram tweeted. Trying to work towards these blessings, but the devil keeps interfering. Everybody goes through something. It's all about perseverance. And then he posted on Instagram a photo of him hitting some dude from Monday night. And his caption was, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a bang. Man, I feel like when it comes to the Raiders DBs, you know, the Raiders draft high. And then they always have injury issues. You know, you go back to DJ Hayden, Garen Conley, and now, of course, Abram. And with Abram, you know, he's all over the field, as you mentioned. Wherever the ball is, number 24 is there. Uh, he even posted a photo on his Instagram stories of his face mask after the game. And it was all sorts of lopsided, okay? <laughs> this guy, you know, he's a beast. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to be missed. It's a huge void that the Raiders have to fill, yeah. uh, especially for a defense that has made huge strides and huge upgrades from a year ago. And next up, James, they got to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's a tall task right there. Yeah, the good thing the good thing about this Raiders team, though, especially on defense, they got a lot of versatile guys. You know, in the past they didn't have a lot of depth back there. You know, now you still have Joyner, you still have Carl Joseph, so you still got guys that can that can get the job done. You know, obviously we want the young rookie out there, we want Abram out there, but the good thing is, if somebody goes down, you have very good depth behind them. You know, I mean, that could step in and still play some good football. So that's that's the positive. What I think the Raiders are going to do, actually, you know, they're going to plug in Curtis Riley there opposite Carl Joseph. And then behind him is Eric Harris. Uh, you could, of course, as you mentioned, move LaMarcus Joyner there. Uh, but he's a great slot corner. So maybe you move him back and forth. Um, I don't know. Bottom line is this is a huge blow for the Raiders and it really sucks for Jonathan Abram. Just because we had high hopes, uh, we saw the potential in week one against the Broncos, but we wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he comes back even better, uh, more hungry, and will do some damage next season, the 2020 season. Ah, that seems so far away. Well, James, we do have some good news. Gary Conley, he's going to be okay. Um, as you guys know, if you watched the Monday Night Football game, uh, he was taken off in a stretcher. It appeared he suffered a neck injury, but he told everybody that he was okay. It was just a precautionary measure to make sure that he didn't have a spinal injury. And Gruden even said yesterday that there's a chance he will play on Sunday. Um, he's actually back on the practice field today. Uh, today is Wednesday, so that's definitely good news, James. Uh, did you watch the entire game? I'm assuming yes. 100% watched it to the end. Um, how did Conley look before his injury? He looked very good. He looked very good. And I, I love I like Conley, man. Conley is tall. He's long, which everything yeah. receivers hate to go up against. Exactly. But uh, when he went down, I was just like, dang, please don't let it be nothing serious, man. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about neck injuries and things like that, that's that's something that I don't 
don't even like seeing guys go down four. So I was just praying for him, hoping that he got up. But I mean, that's a great sign that he's back at the practice field, moving and running and all that type stuff. Cause he's going to be a big part in this Raiders defense. Cause I mean, if you watch the game, the Raiders played a lot of man coverage. Yeah. You know, so you're going to need him out there on that Island sometimes, especially when you start playing teams like um, these teams, they're about to play uh, this team. They're about to play next week. I don't yeah. really know the quarterback's name, but uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit, a little bit later. But yeah, the the Conley injury was definitely scary because the first thing I thought was, oh my goodness, Ryan Shazier. You know, and you see what has happened to him over the last uh, what two years, a uh, year and a half uh, from his recovery, but. I'm so glad that he is okay, and it was just precautionary. That's what I was hoping all along when it actually took place. So let's talk about the actual game. So the Raiders beat the Broncos 24-16. They really dominated the entire game. Uh, They were solid in all three phases of the game. And James, the Coliseum, it was lit. I wasn't there, but you could feel the energy through the TV broadcast. I feel Raider Nation, as you mentioned, should get a lot of credit for energizing the guys, uh, especially because the entire Coliseum, as you know, was chanting F-A-B. (laughs) F-A-B. You could hear it literally so loud and clear through the TV broadcast. Man, listen. You've been a part of the black hole for a long time, all right? The black hole don't care who you are. If you disrespect their team yeah, and you over. mess up on their team, yes, they're going to ride or die for their team, man. So I'm not surprised. And, you know, when you really look at it and all the things that AB has done over there since he's been there, you know what I mean? And the Raiders had it going. Black hole had it rocking. I mean, you kind of could feel something like this was coming. Um, What is it like, though, being a player – Running out of that tunnel, seeing the black hole, having the place rocking. And, you know, even though it's an old stadium, it does have an edge to it. And I feel like it was perfect for a Monday night football game. Absolutely, man. That was one of them one games that I wish I was playing in, man. You come out there, man, in the black hole is rocking like that. No, that was that was big time. And you could tell the guys out there fed off of it. Well, I mean, there's no reason why at a 12 o'clock afternoon game, you tell your labrum or you tear your rotator cuff, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And Abram continues to play. No, that adrenaline was pumping. Black Hole was pumping. It was Monday night. We got something to prove. Everybody say we're going to be weak without AB. Everybody say our defense ain't that good. We got something to prove, and we're going to show it. And they came out, and they showed it, and that's why I was proud of them. And that's why, you know, I know it kind of felt good for Gruden to just walk off that field like, yeah, look at the adversity now, man. This team has handled anything and everything that's that's brought at them. You know, since training cap has even started, and we came out here and put it on the Denver Broncos. Well, of course, the Raiders did not need Antonio Brown to win this game. Um, You can see the roster is still full of talent. And after the game, Derek Carr, like the class act that he is, had this to say about A.B. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that first because I want to address it and be done with it. Like, I love Antonio. He knows that. We spent time with each other, family, Um, all of the above, right? I can go on and on, right? Uh, he's not here. He plays for somebody else. I wish him the best. I hope he goes off and has gets everything he wants. Send him a text, and uh, it says, "Hey, I wish you the best. I hope you get what you want." You know, and uh, there's no hurt feelings. There's no anger in me. Um, there wasn't any anger in me when I found out. To be honest with you, uh, despite what some people wrote, um, some people saw me right after and thought that I was mad at that when 
ever can tell you we were talking about something totally different, which, again, if you don't have all the details, you go out there and just write something about me. I don't like that. Um, he's gone. I wish him the best. I hope that we can talk about Darren Waller and what he's overcome. Hopefully we can talk about Tyrell Williams being the number one receiver. Hopefully we can talk about no sacks against that defense. Hopefully we can talk about our rookies and the way that they played on defense. Vontez Perfect looking like an all-pro middle linebacker, which we tried to tell everybody these things um, all, all offseason. You know, we weren't just blowing smoke. Um, and sorry to take your question and run with it, but, you know, we had a good football team even when he wasn't there. We knew if we added him, my goodness, that could be crazy because he's so good as, as a football player. Um, but he's not here. And when it happened, it was like, okay, honestly, it didn't. It wasn't the same feeling when Khalil got traded. I just put it at that. It was not the same feeling. It was like, okay, at least at least the questions are done, right? At least with at least we have answers, right? And it stung as a friend having to see him go somewhere else. Um, but again, I wish Antonio the best. Um, and even if you know whatever feelings, he, I don't even think he has hard feelings towards anybody. He just wanted a different place, right? And so I wish him the best. I hope he gets everything he wants. Wish his family and his children the best. Um, love the guy. Had fun. Practices were really fun. You know, we had a whole bunch of touchdowns in practice. Get to tell my kids that someday that I threw to him and all those kind of things. Um, but, you know, we're moving on. And we have a good football team. And I'm really, really, really happy to be a part of this team because it's really, really close and we're like a family. So what I love and I'm not surprised about Derek Carr, man, he's a true leader because he could have got up there and said maybe something a little negative, took a little shot at A.B., <laughs> but Derek Carr, we know he's a class act. He didn't say one negative thing about him. He actually wished him the best. Yeah, people can't see me on this podcast. You know, I wish we had like a live podcast like Rich Eisen so they could see my face there because they'll see they they could see my smile on my face and they could see how warm my heart is because when Derek Carr came in as a rookie, I taught him everything he knows, oh, man. God. Especially, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Especially, especially how to handle the media. I think David Carr had something to do with that. And he handled that so, so, so perfect. You know what I mean? No, but that's just the type of guy DC is, man. Yeah. It's never no point, no fingers. You know, it's never. You know, is this guy's fault? All of it was on him. Um, it's all about the guys that's in the locker room right now, man. You guys can keep on bringing up AB. AB's not coming back. These is the guys that we got. And yeah, listen, I don't wish bad on nobody. I hope everybody, if you're a receiver, I hope you get 2,000 yards. If you're a running back, I hope you rush for 2,000 yards. We want everybody to do good. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, you know, he don't got no hate in his heart for him, you know, but like he said, he's not part of this team. And the best thing out of that whole interview is let's talk about the dudes that's here. Let's talk yeah. about the number one receiver we got in Tyrell Williams. Let's talk about this offensive line who ain't let them put a finger on mm -hmm. me. And we got two of the best pass rushers in the National mm -hmm. Football League. Let's talk about that, not not A.B. Yeah, and I think that everybody is sick and tired of hearing about Antonio Brown. Yeah. Uh, and it was crazy because, of course, on the broadcast, they just kept talking about Antonio Brown and all the drama. Now he's headed to New England, yada, yada, yada. But... There's no doubt that Derek Carr was disappointed. There was some disappointment there, obviously. Oh, you, absolutely. You put that and time and energy into welcoming him with open arms, getting that chemistry down, et cetera, to have a successful season. And it was all for nothing. Well, I mean, and it's disappointing because, I mean, Fallon, you're married and I'm married. But yeah. if 
Tamika kept coming home and she kept saying, all right, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to change. Yeah. And she come back and it's the same stuff. And you get it right. I'm going to change. She come back and it's the same <laughs> stuff and get it right. I'm, you know what I mean? And you continually come up there and have her back or have his back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, this is how he repays you. Want it out the whole time. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that'll hurt you. And you could tell even when he came off the field. I'm I'm li- I was listening to the interview when he came off the field. Oh, and I he loved was it. and he was choking up. I'm, honestly, I feel like he sounded a little mad though. <laughs> Not even gonna lie, didn't no. he? You don't he think sound, so? He sounded very emotional. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I think so and, too. I, I and and you could tell he he was kind of he was kind of choking up because I mean he did put in a lot of time not just on the field with AB but off the field as well to kind of build this relationship just because he heard what was ha- was happening over there in Pittsburgh and I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? And he was trying to let that and he put in a lot of work and then it ended up like this. You know what I'm saying? And then you go out there and you play well like that without him. You know, that make you emotional. Exa- I know, you're right. It's kind of stick it to him a little bit, but he's not going to say it. But um, anyways, the crazy thing is, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this uh, real quick, but I, we do have to mention. Yeah, because we shouldn't be talking about AB anymore either. I know, I know. But <laughs> last night, reports came out that there was a federal lawsuit filed against Antonio Brown. Now, A.B. is being accused of raping his former trainer, a woman that he went to Central Michigan with. Uh, Now, these, of course, are just accusations. Um, Brown's people released a statement and completely deny all of these uh, allegations against him. Uh, Then there were messages that were released of him allegedly cursing out this woman and saying a whole lot of other things that we cannot mention on this podcast. Also, didn't really make sense. I needed a translator for that. So, James, when it comes to the New England Patriots, you know, I thought, I was hoping that when mm-hmm. he signed with the New England Patriots, you know, they were going to have a zero-tolerance policy, right? Um, and obviously, it's still, they're just accusations. And the they put out a statement last night, and they said they're aware of everything. The NFL is investigating it, and they're going to let the NFL take care of it, and they're not going to have any further comment until the investigation basically is over. So if you were the New England Patriots, how would you handle the situation? Because uh, A.B., he's on the practice field today. Well, first and foremost, I I would would handle it the same way. You know what I mean? We're not just going to jump to anything and say you're guilty. I mean, we'll let all the people that deal with that, you know, her lawyers, your lawyers, all the people that deal with that, you know, deal with that. And then once they come back and they say, okay, this is what happened. He's not guilty. He is guilty. Then we'll go on from there and and figure out what we're going to do as a football team. But the thing that, you know, really is disturbing is, is the message that he tweeted out. And and that right there as an organization, you know what I mean, when you see that and you know that, I don't know if Bill Belichick's seen it already. I don't what know. messages are you talking about? The one that the woman released? Did you see the tweet from AB? Oh, my God, no. What? Oh, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm because Stacy Dales had retweeted or like, I don't know if it was on his IG or whatever, but Stacy Dales had put it on Twitter, like, and it really let me know, like, does AB need help? Help, but he is like cussing her out. This beat is all that. You're on, lying. On the th- You're lying. Hold on, Fallon. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I got, it. I got it. You got it? No, I don't got it. Go ahead. What is it? Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to read this. Okay. So. So I don't know. So, okay, it, it looked like it's on Twitter because this is not IG, right? Can you see that? 
Oh no! I, so he didn't actually post that. So that's what exactly oh. what I was talking about. Okay, so who did that? Those messages were actually messages that she released. Oh, she tweeted that out. So All she right. released those, oh. and I—that's what I was trying to tell you. I cannot. I need a translator. All right. So that's what he said, but it, he didn't tweet it out personally. No. She tweeted it. And this out. is allegedly. Okay. How do you? You know, yeah. you have to prove that it's him. But I mean. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. He, the sad part is he was talking about his baby mama, who, by the way, like he's still with and yeah. clearly was saying, yeah, I'm cheating on her. But whatever. Like, I don't even get it. It's just like the craziest situation. OK, so I that was that was that was that was bad. I thought that I thought that that was coming coming straight from him. No, so. but that's still bad. Point blank period, if especially if it is him. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that that's bad if, if it if it was him. But now it's like, okay, shoot. I mean, she can easily put that somebody else's name on. Exactly, I mean, that's, that's so now. Yeah, so now it's a bunch of it's a bunch of he you said, know. She said. Yeah, maybe. he said. She said. We got we got to investigate it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Patriots are handling it the right way. You know what I mean? If ain't no need. I mean, this is not the first time they dealt with something off the field. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, so let so let all that stuff work itself out, and then once it comes back to us, okay, boom, this is what happened. Okay, he's off the team. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I'm sure he'll be done. But we got to let this whole thing unfold and and see how it plays out. Um, and other than that, I mean, this is really the only way you can go. And if this really was him sending those messages, I mean, I would hope that the Patriots would not stand for this and would have a zero tolerance policy and and cut him. Um, honestly, though, as far as the NFL and the NFL investigations go, I really feel like if the only thing they find are those messages, they probably still won't do anything about it because yeah. Tyreek Hill literally threatened his baby mama on audio recording and yeah. admitted it, and they didn't do a single thing. So... But, but you know, if he was smoking weed or something, then, you know, <laughs> then, then the maybe old, the NFL. Yeah, exactly. His whole, his whole life is over. Exactly. So, um, yeah. all right, moving on. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders' big win. No AB, no problem for the Raiders. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they dominated this Monday night football game. There are so many game balls that you can really hand out. But let's start with your guy, and let's start with the offense. So, Derek Carr. Throwing lasers out there, yes. throwing through tight windows. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. Final numbers, 22 of 26, 259 yards, uh, a touchdown, no sacks. And so many people questioned your guy, you know, entering the season, calling it a make or break year for him, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, of course, I agree, right, having all these weapons. However, as you know, <laughs> and I've said this so many times on so many of our podcasts, the last time... Derek Carr had the same play caller for back-to-back seasons yeah. was when? 2016. Yeah. With Bill Musgrave. And what happened? Yeah. He had an MVP-like campaign. Raiders went to the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, we know it ended with him breaking his leg on Christmas Eve. Uh, but, James, I know Monday night is just a small sample size. But do yeah. you think he will have an even better season than he did in 2016? Well, you know, if anybody follows this podcast and the listeners that do follow it, all I've been saying this whole time is when I watch Derek Carr, he's comfortable in the offense now. Yeah. And he knows the offense like the back of his hands. He's not thinking anymore. He's just going out there playing, slanging the ball all over the yard. This was at training camp. I said he's coming out. He's doing double counts, triple counts. He's changing up the snap count because he is comfortable in this offense. They're running a hundred different formations. 
because he is comfortable in this offense. Yeah. They took the field Monday night, and everything that I've been saying happened. They did a hundred different formations. Mm-hmm. He was standing back there. He was changing the snap count. He was slanging the ball all over the yard, and the ball was coming out of his hands fast. He is comfortable in this offense. And with Derek Carr, mm-hmm. the guy that I call Baby A Rob, <laughs> is special at throwing the football. Yeah. If you protect him like that O line did, mm-hmm. and he has the weapons that he has around him. Yeah. He is going to light this league on fire this year, and I keep telling people that. And you know what? The thing about Derek, we know that he's smart. You know, he's always in his playbook. He is super smart. Um, after the game, even Gruden admitted that big bomb to Tyra Williams yeah. on third and short, he audibled that play. Yeah. And so they have such a balanced offensive attack with Josh Jacobs and then, you know, Carr's ability to go deep and with the weapons that they still have in Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller, by the way, both of those guys came up so big. Um, But what impressed you the most, I guess, offensively? To me, I would say the offensive line because this is a patched up offensive line without Richie Incognito and Gabe Jackson. And Carr was clean all night long. Zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. They opened the running lanes for Josh Jacobs. You saw his record night. I mean, I don't understand who else you give the game ball to other than the offensive line. I know what Derek's numbers was. I know what Tyrell Williams' number was. I know what Josh Jacobs' number was, numbers were. Yeah. But this old line was moving people out of the way. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Bradley Chubb. You're talking about Von Miller. Don't get a finger on Derek Carr all game. Without two of your best offensive line, without Gabe Jackson, without Richie Incognito. So when they come back, this is going to be an old line, like I've been saying (laughs) in past podcasts, that's going to bully people and move people out of the way. And that is going to be scary, man. If Josh Jacobs can carry this ball and not get touched until he three, four yards down, down the field, that is going to be tough to stop the Oakland Raiders. The only p- way that you're probably going to be able to stop them is if they kill themselves with penalties. But this O-line, the way this O-line played, especially the very first game, yeah. it's always tough opening the season up with very good defenses yeah. and very good pass rushers. And they came out, man, and they looked like they was in week 10. Yeah, Trent Brown, um, oh, my goodness, he's been I- such a huge ac- acquisition. And Colton yeah. Miller, who a lot of yeah. people were like, oh, he's a bust. They took him too high last year. They both were unbelievable against freaking Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. We didn't even hear their names once. I think I might have heard Bradley Chubb's name once. But Von Miller was MIA, a.k.a. getting mauled by Trent Brown. They they handled them boys the right way. Well, Josh Jacobs, let's talk about him, man. He is going to be a problem, problem for teams this year. I don't know if you know, but he's actually the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson uh, to have 100 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns in their NFL debut. Uh, And that was back in 2001 when Tomlinson did it. So what did you think, man? This guy's special, right? He is, man. The the thing that impressed me most about him is, is how he catches the ball out the backfield. He had a big play when he caught the ball, yeah. And and it's not like they're just throwing him little screen passes, little shovel passes. I mean, a couple times they lined him up in the slot, you know, a couple times they motioned him outside and lined him up outside. But I think that's the thing that impressed me the most is that the way he can – 
catch the ball out the backfield and, and be a receiver. We know he can run in between the tackles. We've seen how strong and powerful he was in college. We've seen him in preseason against the Cardinals. We know yeah. he can run the ball in between the tackles. But this was an element that I did not think that, you know, kind of would like translate over to the NFL, him making big plays in the passing game. And, and that surprised me because if you can move him all over the field and keep him on the field and not have to take him off the field on certain downs yeah. and situations, that's, that's going to be big for the young fella. But, I mean, he has a bright future. When you're in company with a Hall of Famer, I mean, you're doing, you're doing something right in week one. So hopefully you can keep it rolling. Who knows when Incognito and Jackson come back, maybe he'll run for even 200 yards. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? We shall see. But either way, you know, the offense looked great. It looked balanced, and that's what you need uh, for a great offense. Uh, Tyrell Williams shined uh, at the number one receiver spot. So did Darren Waller, uh, just like the team, you know, has been saying all offseason. Um, and the Raiders just re-signed Keelan Doss. So, yes, the Alameda kid is coming back home, and he has Antonio Brown to thank. He ended up banking $795,000. Yes, he had leverage because the Jaguars wanted to keep him and the Raiders had to make an offer that he couldn't refuse. So he took it. He's back in Oakland. He's definitely going to bolster this wide receiving core. I'm excited that he is back. And how crazy is this? He signed just a $22,000 signing bonus as an undrafted free agent this summer. So things always work out the way they're supposed to. Yes. Thank you, A.B., All right, it's time now to talk about the Raiders' defense. But before we get to that, we have to take a quick break. Stay where you are. So I think it's safe to say that every guy looks so much better and feels way more confident when he puts on a suit, right? There's just one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's not a good look. That's why Blue Wire is pumped up to announce that we are partnering up with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? Well, they have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. You have a couple options. So you can visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally. Or you can measure yourself at home and shop online at Indochino.com. Now this week, Keep It at 300 listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369. All you have to do is go to Indochino.com and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE when you're checking out. Plus, guess what? Shipping is free. Again, that's Indochino.com using the promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is seriously an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom... You don't go back. Need some money to pay for the suit? Well, I have an idea. Bet on games this football season with my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you are betting on. So why don't you do the smart thing? If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know this? You can bet on games 
after kickoff. Yes, when the game is still in progress. If by the second half, it looks like, you know, your bet is going to lose, well, you could always just take the other side. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. So how about this? If you join now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Only if you use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. So again, that is promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we are back. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, the defense. Man, James, we talked about this during training camp, you know, during preseason, just based on the eye test. This defense looks a lot faster. And, man, they sure put a lot of pressure on Joe Flacco. Okay, he was under duress the entire night. And as we know, you know, rushing coverage go hand in hand. Uh, The Raiders were solid in man-to-man. And for a defense who recorded an NFL low 13 sacks a year ago, the Raiders sacked Joe Flacco three times. This is all I'm good. This is all I'm going to say. Oh, gosh. Do not read your press clipping. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay? Because this is week one. This is against Joe Flacco. We have bigger plans, Raiders defense, and we have a big challenge coming up this week. Do not read your press clippings. I want them to go out there, and I want to see if they can do it Mm back-to-back. Can we go out here? Can we put together a game plan? Can we get after Patrick Mahomes? And can we go out there and make it hard on this Kansas City Chiefs offense? Because this is really why you bring in the guys you brought in because you know that these is the guys in the division that you're going to have to stop. You didn't bring in Abram. You didn't bring in these pass rushers. You didn't bring in Joyner to stop uh, uh, Joe Flacco. You brought him in here to stop filthy Phillip Rivers yes. and, and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. You know, so this is the week we need to show up. So I love what I've seen, but I want to see them do it again. Yeah, but like I said, it's going to be tough without Abram there. But hopefully Curtis Riley can plug in there and the defense doesn't miss a step. But uh, Benson Mayoa, he deserves a ton of credit. He recorded two sacks in the game, and he was the first Raiders player to record two sacks in a single game since guess who? since Khalil Mack did it back in 2017. And the big story, the first-round rookie, Cleland Farrell, who everybody said was a reach at number four. He records his first sack of the year in his first game. And as you know, James, there's a lot of pressure on first-rounders, especially a guy who a lot of people question, you know, should the Raiders have picked him at number four. How much does this take the pressure off of him that he finally or that he recorded his first sack in his first game? Oh, the, the pressure's never going to be off of him. He's he's always going to be connected to Khalil Mack. But like I said in podcasts previous to this, he just has to continue to be him. Play your game. You know, and I seen him one time he's rushing and he knew he wasn't going to get there. His hands went up, batted the pass down. That probably would have been a big completion because Philip Lindsay was wide open, you know, mm-hmm. and then he and then he gets a sack. But you can tell that he wasn't like pressuring to kind of feel Khalil Mack's shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just went yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He went out there and played his game. And, and that's what he has to do his whole his whole career. However long he plays, just just be you. So, you know, Corey Legit, right? Yeah. He was saying that after he spoke to reporters, he was saying, 
you know what? I'm going to show uh, Cleveland some Joey Bosa tape. I mean, he yeah. knows Bosa well uh, after yeah. being with the Chargers. He said that he sees similarities between the two playing styles. Obviously, that's high praise. Um, I think it's important to study other guys yeah. in the league. Um, maybe steal some of those moves, put them in your arsenal. Absolutely. I mean, that's what the game is all about. That's the only way that you're really going to get better. I mean, you watch film, you take little bits and pieces from the great ones. You know, we used to watch film and we used to take releases or try to put some releases that other mm-hmm. receivers used to do you know on the field try to put them in your game you know but anytime you could watch a great one and and, and take a couple of their moves or you know take a couple of their little tactics that they do I mean it's going it's going to go a long way especially if you can try to do some of the things they do and perfect them you know what I mean? On our on top of already the stuff that you do great. You know what I mean? So I think that's huge when they're, when they're, whenever you're able to watch somebody that's playing the game at a high level. How good was it to see Vontez Perfect hold down that middle linebacker spot and really be the leader of that defense? Because a lot of people questioned, you know, if he still got it. And the Raiders have lacked uh, consistency at that middle linebacker spot for years. Well, I never once questioned if he still got it. I think the main question was, is can he can he keep his cool? But then again, I never questioned that neither because I always tell you, you need some of them on your team. Yeah. You need so, you need some of them dogs on your team. You know what I mean? But what was good, though, was when they was about to fight out there at the Coliseum, who came in the middle pulling everybody back, breaking it up? Perfect. So crazy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that but that's good though, because yeah, we it. do all we do all know that he has his teammates back if yep. something wants to go off. For sure. But it's all about being smart too. And I love when I seen that from him. But I mean, we're gonna get what we expected from him every game. So wrap up with this. Short week for the Raiders. They host the Chiefs on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins looking great. Uh, Tyreek Hill is out with an injury, so I guess that's that's good news for the Raiders. But, James, they still have a ton of weapons. They do. What do you think about this matchup, man? I think this comes. I, this is when we need that old line And I, I think the game plan should be, um, I know he's young. I know it's early. But as many times as we can run this ball, and keep that Kansas City Chiefs offense off the field and shorten this ball game, you know, is going to be our best chance to win this game. I mean, everybody thinks their their offense could score a lot of points, but we don't want to turn this into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes and the no, Chiefs. No, you don't. We want, to sh- we want to shorten this game. We want to get a couple stops, get off the field on third down. But most of all, like the O-line was moving people out the way, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is not better than the Denver Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. So move them boys out the way. Let's run the ball. Let's stay on the field. Let's have some drives where it's 10, 11 play drives that's yes. eating up seven, yes. eight minutes of the clock. Yes. And then when we look out in the fourth quarter, we have an opportunity to win this game. Yeah, because I really don't think that the Raiders can win in a shootout. Um, But at the end of the day, it's really going to come down uh, to time of possession, you know, on offense, as you mentioned. And in my opinion, this is going to be a game that the defense is going to win, has to win this game. They have to create turnovers in order to win this game. Yeah. Well, the good news, though, I was actually just thinking about this. The Raiders picked up Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, and I think that's going to help emulate, you know, Mahomes during practice week, don't you think? Or no? I mean, of course, it's nowhere close. Okay, he's nowhere close to Mahomes, but I feel it's going to help the Raiders' defense. Why are you shaking your head? People can't see you, but you're totally <laughs> shaking your head. <laughs> uh-uh. We ain't going to do Patrick Mahomes I mean, like I'm that. not going to do uh-uh. him like that, but I'm just saying he's going to emulate, okay. you know. Yeah, he's going to try. 
Yes. Better than the other guys they got go out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, so you're just saying it's cool. You know, All right, I'm... so you can, okay, so we ain't even going to touch on that. Yes, we're not even going to touch on that. Okay, well, anything can happen in a rivalry game. Yes. So we are going to see what happens. I'm pumped up for the game. Um, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. Hater. <laughs> <laughs>